Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right, hey, hey, welcome aboard the Sync Second Sports Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday, March 4th, 2022, and we are here to break down the week that was and the night that was last night. Um, we're going to talk to Bill Wagner about that. We're going to hear from our producer, Chris Cervello, and I, of course, am your host with not necessarily the most. Before we get into this, let me apologize in advance to our podcast fans. I now need a third nasal surgery, uh, thanks to the U.S. Navy. So I basically can't breathe out of my nose, and I'm having a hard time talking, but we are going to power through. If I can power through, um, I know that Navy basketball can, and they're going to have a chance to power through the semifinals of the Patriot League tournament because last night, on the strength of some pretty good backcourt play, some really good frontcourt play uh, from Daniel Deaver and our captain, Richard Najoku. The Naval Academy defeated Americans 71 to 64. It got a little nuts with about five minutes left. We were up 15 and you would think that it was done. It was not done. And some of the same old stuff came up. I'm going to let Wags break that down. But in the end, a big victory for Navy basketball, Wags and what are your impressions as they go forward to play BU on Sunday at 4 p.m. at Alumni Hall? Well, as we said last night when we did our Instagram hit after the game, a win is a win. Advance and move on. When it's March Madness, that's what it's all about. They're going to be tight games. They're going to be nail biters. Uh, Navy did what they had to do to win. Uh, they had a very strong stretch. Um, they First of all, American jumped out to a big early lead. And, it, you know, you're shaking your head. you got to be kidding me. Home game, supposed to have a home court advantage. Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, there's no classes. Get out to Alumni Hall and provide a true home court advantage because that did not exist for the most part on Thursday night. All right, editorial done. Uh, American jumps out to a big lead. Navy responds with an 18-2 run and takes the lead. Navy never, ever relinquished that lead. However... American did have a strong finish to the first half, and then they begin the second half. Stacy Beckton Jr. hit a three, and it was suddenly tied, 33 all. And that's when Navy really stepped up and went on a 22-5 to run that basically took the lead for good. Now, here's the concerning part. As John mentioned, up comfortably, five minutes left. You just got to salt away the game, and Navy seems to have trouble doing this. And it's been a theme this season. We don't need to rehash all the blown leads that led to losses. But as soon as teams put full court pressure on, Navy seems to struggle. I don't understand it. It's a veteran unit. They practice this all the time. I do not understand why they struggle with full court pressure. Uh, it's nerves. Uh, something Coach Ed DeCellis said in the postgame press conference. Daniel Deaver is assigned to take the ball out of bounds after a made basket. He uh, for reasons unknown, forgot that he was supposed to do that. And Tyler Nelson suddenly had to take the ball out 
because no one else would. And it led to a turnover. Um, so these are the kind of, as Ed DiCello said in his post-game presser, brain farts that you cannot have. And then the free throw shooting, this has been an ongoing discussion. Uh, Coach DiCello used the word Achilles heel. Yes, it is Achilles heel at this point. Navy struggles shooting free throws. Uh, they had P.J. Roach in the game at point guard. Uh, wasn't sure what how good of a free throw shooter P.J. was because he's only attempted one all season, so not a large sample size. But he got three straight inbounds passes. American fouled him immediately, and he made one of six free throws. John Carter missed his share share. He went two for four of the line in the final couple minutes. Uh, so it just – the missed free throws, I think I counted they missed seven free throws in the final three minutes. That's not, not going to get it done. That plays right into the hands of the team that's trying to rally. Now, give American credit. They made a boatload of three-pointers at down the stretch. It was unbelievable, John, that they were draining threes like crazy after they had hardly made any shots all game. But Navy had to hang on by the skin of its teeth to win that game. And as you move forward, Boston University outstanding team Sunday, and then if you go up to Colgate, you are going to have to execute late-game situations and finish if you want to win a Patriot League championship. And I'm sorry for going on so long, John. No, I, I, I love the commentary, and you're exactly right. We'd be remiss if we didn't give some credit to Johnny O'Neill uh, for American, who was hitting some of those big threes, as Wags was discussing. He finished with 17 points, but we have to understand that we were very, very lucky that Stacy Becton, who it felt like was playing his 700th game against us, like, please graduate, Stacy, please move on. Um, but, you know, he went four for 20 from the field. You mentioned one of those threes that he hit. That was really one of very few. Four for 20 to finish with 10 points. He had seven boards and four assists, but we were really the benefactors of him having an off game and it just always seems to be that guy who killed us in the past. Chris, from your perspective, John Carter Jr. had 21 points. Great game. Deaver, as I mentioned, had 13. And Njoku hitting some of those free throws down the stretch to finish with seven points. I didn't really see a lot of playing time for Sean Yoder. He only finished with 13 minutes. And I really kind of felt like he could have been that, you know, guiding hand during the press. But, you know, he, he was only 0 for 1 from the free throw line, so I don't necessarily know if he's the guy you want on the free throw line, but I don't know if P.J. Roach is the answer. Ed absolutely trusted him, gave him 19 minutes, let him run the show as we were trying to break this press, but to go 2 for 6 from the line, I don't know. What were your thoughts? I want to start with um, the atmosphere um, and piggyback on where Wags went with his editorial thoughts. Um, there is no excuse to not have a thousand to two thousand midshipmen in Alumni Hall for a home playoff game. No excuse at all. You know, I saw on Twitter where people were saying, "Well, we don't want to force people to go. We want people to volunteer to go." Hey, volunteers are nice, but at the end of the day, it's a military school. Get your ass to the game, okay? If you're a firstie, if you're a company officer, if you're a battalion officer, if you're the commandant of midshipmen, get the midshipmen to Alumni Hall for a tournament game. End of story, right? End of story. Um, so hopefully somebody at the world's premier leadership lab will execute some leadership for Sunday's game and we'll have 
students in the stands to give us a true home court advantage. Chris, I mean, you and I, and I want to hear from you in the breakdown of the stats too, but you and I were talking about it before we came on the pod. As it gets into these quote unquote clutch situations down the stretch and the team is really feeling the pressure of a turnover from an inbounds during the press of missing a couple of free throws, the lack of fans in there now starts to compound that issue. And it's so eerily like, emergency room quiet in there that you're like, oh man, you can actually hear PJ Roach struggling with the pressure of the situation. I'm not saying that a bunch of crowd noise is is supposed to ease anxiety, but I think if it's good crowd noise, particularly from your shipmates in the brigade, it can't do anything but help. John, it is a little known fact that the 21st company is the reason that the uh, men's basketball team went to the NCAA tournament two of the four years that I was there. A lot of people don't know that. Mike Curry probably wouldn't admit it. It wasn't his shooting. It wasn't Hassan Hassan Booker's physical play. It was the 21st company's spirit and their taunting of our opponents that led us to those NCAA tournaments. And so I want those other companies, one of 30 companies at the Naval Academy to step up and be the reason that we go to the NCAA tournament this year. Love it. And that road now goes through Boston University. Uh, We should also say that Colgate won their game and in a very good result that always brings a smile to my face. Army lost to Lehigh. So now you have Lehigh taking on Colgate, which in my opinion will be a really entertaining game. And then we, again, will host BU 4 p.m. at Alumni Hall. I am talking to you, Brigade of Midshipmen. I am talking to the Commandant and the Soup, both of whom were in attendance with Chet last night. Absolutely great leadership representation across the board, though. Not as many fans, not as many mids. Shout out to the Navy track and field who had a good contingent down there underneath the home basket in the second half. They were very supportive And I saw some football players over near the American bench. Thanks again. But please, everyone else, please get out there and support Navy basketball. Wags, from your perspective, after the 71-64 win, what do they need to do better other than what we've already discussed? And what's the key to beating a BU team? I got a stat from friend of the pod, Andrew Bing, uh, this morning that says, In history, like when teams play for a third time during the conference tournament, the team who won the two previous games wins 71% of the time. So that happened for us last night. We beat American. That comes true. Now we're playing a very tough BU team for the third time. What do you think we have to do in order to beat them again? Well, it's always the same formula for Navy, John. Defense and rebounding. And that is something that's been consistent across the board. Their defense is really just tremendous and every Patriot League coach mentions it uh in the post-game press conferences that they're just it's really hard to score against Navy uh coach Brennan from American said last night that they just they take you out of what you want to do you you can run your offense the way it's supposed to be run and you're not you cannot count that the guy who's supposed to be open for the shot is going to be open Navy plays really locked down defense for the entire shot clock, which is admirable. And they have always rebounded well. There's very, very few times that Navy gets out-rebounded. Scoring. It's all about scoring, John. Can this team score? One of the things we saw last night 
and and John Carter mentioned it during the key second half run. They did what Mike Erie has been calling for. Use defense to create offense. Don't make it so hard on yourself by having to constantly run half-court offense. And that's what Navy got out and ran a little bit, got some offense, you know, some fast breaks and secondary breaks, but some transition points. And it absolutely means the world. It's the easier basket. You don't have to grind it out in the offensive end. So I'd like to see more of that. In fact, I kept saying, push it, push it. They would get a turnover, and I would say, push it, get it up there. Even if you don't go straight to the basket, you're you're causing chaos. You're forcing the defense to scramble. And I would like to see more of that, John, because it was effective. And, and when Navy has to get into the half court and start getting tight and who's going to take the shot and the shot clock winds down, all of a sudden we're taking a three-pointer that's contested, that's not good. So I would like to see that against Boston. You mentioned Boston University. Navy swept the season series with, with Boston, which is really, frankly, surprising because Boston is really good. Boston is the number three seed in the tournament. They have three seniors who are all outstanding. And that's one of the first thing Ed DeCellis mentioned in his post-game presser when we asked about Boston. Senior laden. These are guys that are not going to want to go home. They're not ready to play their last game of college basketball. Boston's going to come in here and lay it all on the line on Sunday afternoon, John. And that's why I more the, the fans, what we and sorry that we're pounding, but we're all disappointed last night. It's a Patriot League tournament game on your home floor, quarterfinal game. You're trying to get to the NCAA tournament, and it's just stunning to me that you don't have a packed house going crazy. So that's why we're really hitting this topic. But Sunday, it is imperative. Get the fans in there. Really rock that place and get Boston unnerved um, because they're a senior uh, group. And if, if they come into the type of atmosphere that we saw Thursday, they're not going to be phased one bit. It'll be like a home game. And, you know, you mentioned last night, I, I was hearing American fans. There was multiple times when Navy players were getting jeered at the free throw line. It's like, my God, where are we? So to me, that's the key, John. The defense and rebounding will be there. It's all about the offense. Can they produce? We should mention two things. Um, Greg Summers did not start the game. We knew he was nursing an injury. He did not play the final regular season game against Colgate. I was a little surprised in warmups. He looked fine to me. I don't know why he did not start, but um, I think the plan from what I saw was they didn't want Greg Summers playing point guard. They didn't want to ha have him handling the ball under pressure, running the offense when he was coming back from an injury. So they played him off the ball. And that's why PJ Roach played so much because they started Austin Inge at point guard and Greg came off the bench when Greg, entered the game so did pj roach and they had pj serve as point guard so i'd be interesting to see if that remains the case on sunday um i don't know that i like it i don't like changing your rotation and, and how you've been doing things all year at this crucial juncture um but uh also patrick dorsey did not play i saw his knee was wrapped he was uh, you know on the bench the whole game did not get off so uh, i guess patrick dorsey is is not playing Tahita, it doesn't look like he's going to be back Sunday. Uh, so that, that's concerning, the two injuries to your to key uh, guys in the rotation, John. Yeah, I think they're really missing Patrick Dorsey right now, for sure. And and you're right on, on the crowd atmosphere. You were there. 
as they honored the 2002 National Championship team at University of Maryland at Xfinity Center, a building that used to be stacked to the rafters. And uh, my sons were there at that game. I went to senior night. Both of those games, particularly the one where Gary Williams and the National Championship team are going, uh, the, the arena was eerily empty. And what that communicates is apathy. And because of the tough times at University of Maryland, it's built apathy in their fan base and their students. I know that apathy does not exist at the U.S. Naval Academy, ladies and gentlemen. So please come to the game. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are actually going to be joined by captain of Navy Women's Rugby, Sarah Skinner, who also on the side is a Rhodes Scholar, NBD. So uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll hear from them. And in the out, we'll tell you about Christian Policelli and the baseball team's trip to George Mason, the women's basketball team, and a great win for women's lacks up at Drexel. This is Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our winter and spring sponsors, the Montana 3000 Podcast, Academy Consulting, Dry 85, and Red Red Wine Bar, both located on Main Street in Annapolis, and the Naptown Scoop. It is through their generosity and support that we're able to bring you Sing Second Sports each and every week. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are so happy to be joined by women's rugby team captain and the 54th Rhodes Scholar in the history of the U.S. Naval Academy, Sarah Skinner. Sarah, number one, thank you for joining the podcast. Number two, walk our listeners through how your uh, how your sports season ended for women's rugby. We covered it a tiny bit and we talked to Murph, but what was it like to kind of finish off your rugby career being crowned a national champion? It was awesome. Um, we were kind of coming behind um, playing against Davenport. Um, so it was kind of like a high stakes game. It was um, back and forth. They would score. We would score. They would score again. Um, so we weren't really sure like how this was going to end. Um, but then obviously we came out on top. Um, and I just remember singing uh, Navy Blue and Gold at the end and just feeling very successful, very happy that um, our team was able to like get this together at the end. Um, and it was probably one of the best, like not only like maybe rugby moments of my career, but also best academy moments of my career. Now, there are rumors afoot that all of your success, both academically and athletically, is due to a certain eccentric former Marine ginger uh, who coaches rugby at uh, the U.S. Naval Academy. In all seriousness, what's it been like to, to be around someone like Murph? I've known Murph for close to 20 years. Um, obviously in a great position to give back to his alma mater that he loves so much. And I know that it makes him enormously proud to see your success. You know, what, what, what has your interaction been with him as a coach and how has it helped you be a better team captain? Um, so I have to say Murph is probably one of the most interesting coaches I've had, but definitely one of the best coaches I've had. Um, he just puts things quite plainly like at the end of the day he always tells us he's like let's just play rugby like he doesn't like to make things complicated he doesn't like to make things sexy as like he likes to say he just wants to make it as simple as possible and just us like play as hard as possible um and that's really good to have in a coach just someone who who just wants you to play um the game at the end of the day um so working with him is great um He's, he's a little eccentric, a little quirky. He has little taglines he likes to say um, that the team loves. Um, so 
yeah, the team loves him. So it's, it's really great. Yeah. We're all familiar with the all too popular Murphisms that exist out there in the ether. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. Um, well, Sarah, in all seriousness, do you think that you would be, and we'll get into the Rhodes Scholarship here in a minute, but do you think you'd be where you are now, you know, looking down the barrel of your final semester, you're emerging from the dark ages, spring break is right around the corner. Do you think you would have achieved as much as you did? Do you think you'd be where you are today if it weren't for the presence and the requirement of the physical mission? If, it, if you weren't required to be athletic, if you weren't required to compete in that way, how has that helped you? How has sports or athletics helped you be a better student and be a road scholar? Oh, yes. I would definitely say the physical mission has um, kind of opened a lot of doors for me. Um, I mean, if I went to like a regular civilian college where we weren't required to play sport, I probably wouldn't have played any sports. I would just gone along my merry way doing whatever political science stuff I want to do. Um, but I coming into the academy, I mean, I was looking for a sport to play. Um, I really wasn't sure what to do. I like team sports, but I also wanted a sport that was very physical. Um, and it just so happened on induction day, the first day of poop summer, that an officer just approached me. He's like, Hey, like you should try out rugby. Didn't even know who this woman was. I was just like, yes, ma'am. And so when it came time to like pick a sport, I just gravitated towards rugby because I was like, Oh, this, this woman like suggested it. So let me just try it out. And I just tried it on the whim and I mean, I fell in love with the team first and then I really fell in love with the sport. Um, and all the girls on the team from my plebe year to now have really pushed me to be better, push um, in all ways, like morally, mentally, and obviously physically. So, um, and that's opened a lot of other doors for me that I would have never thought possible. I mean, like going to the um, Olympic training camp in Chula Vista was something I've never even desire to do for rugby. Um, didn't even know that was possible. So um, it's really been amazing. It certainly opened some doors. So last question for me before I let Bill Wagner ask you a couple. Here we are, as we're recording this, it's March 3rd. It's Women's History Month. This is an important month. And you have made history as yet another, um, you know, the 54th Rhodes Scholar. You know, we're recording this as, you know, my former shipmate, uh, Kayla Barron is is floating up above us in space. You know, later this month in the Distinguished Graduate Ceremony for the U.S. Naval Academy Alumni Association, Jeannie Mines, who was part of the very first class of women at the U.S. Naval Academy graduating in 1980, becomes a distinguished grad. How how special do you feel, you know, to be a part of this long blue line of women who have not only attended the Naval Academy, but have achieved so much? It's funny how you say it, like the long blue line, because our, our little motto on the um, rugby team is love the legacy. And it's all about like recognizing the woman who came before us, the road they paved for us, and then also thinking ahead on what we want to leave for the woman after us. So it's, it's been an honor to be kind of like mentioned in this like woman's history, like making history kind of thing. Um, it means a lot to our team. Um, it's funny enough because um our assistant coach, uh, Coach Ted, he just, um, him and his wife just had a baby on the first day of women's history. And we all, it was a little girl. So we were like, oh, this was like perfect timing. We're all going to be like big sisters now. Um, so it really means a lot to me, but it means a lot to our team as well, because we see ourselves like as a team, obviously, but also as a sisterhood. Yeah. Ship, shipmate itself, right? So <laughs> Wags, go ahead. So you all captured the national championship for 15s in the fall, but I understand you have another 
15s game before you move into sevens. That's a pretty important game. Can you talk about what's coming up after spring break? Yes. Yeah, so West Point, um, our favorite team to play against is coming up after spring break, um, a week directly a week after spring break. Um, yeah, we've all been kind of anticipating it for the longest time. Um, we know West Point is our biggest competition, not just because they are West Point, but they're one of like the best rugby teams um, that we've ever played and playing them is always a challenge. Um, but we've really improved this season um, coming off of national championships and also coming off this past week on beating Penn State, another team that usually we really struggle against. Um, we're really looking optimistic against West Point. So for our listeners, other than yourself, who are the real badass players for Navy women's rugby? Can you name a few players who are really key top performers? Yes, I can. Um, First, I have to mention my fellow captain, um, Amy Dalsimer. She's probably played dozens of positions on the uh, on the field because, you know, different things, people getting injured, people leaving. So she's this all around player that can literally do it all. Um, and she's a great leader. So we rely on her a lot. Um, so we also got some really fast people on the wings. We have Sienna and Gigi who, um, we can just rely on to like getting out wide and just like letting them run. Um, um, Chelsea as well, Chelsea Washington. She's also really fast, but really powerful as well. Um, then we have some uh, forwards like me, the people who kind of like just to hit people, um, Eliza Herring, um, Emma Slavens, Grace McCaffrey, Rebecca Peasley. Rebecca Peasley is a tank. She will take down any girl. Um, so I, all of them are awesome on the field. So tell us a little bit about you'll be moving into sevens play during the spring. Um, obviously, that's less than half the number of players on the field, which I imagine limits the opportunities. It must be incredibly competitive to make the A side for sevens at Navy. Um, yes, it's a little, it's obviously, yeah, more competitive. But the good thing about sevens is that we also play tournaments. So we play a lot more games. Um, so we try our best to always get people playing time, um, rather they're A side, B side or C side with sevens. Um, so yeah, a little bit more competitive. It's a completely different game as well. I mean, like you said, there's less than half people, less than half the, of the people that there usually is, but it's the same size field. So it's a lot more sprinting, a lot more running. Um, it's a lot different other tactics you kind of have to focus on for sevens. So I know that Navy men's and women's rugby are going varsity. Update us as to what is the schedule on that. And, you know, I I don't know that you're not going to be able to experience it, but you're probably proud that you are here at an era during an era when it was approved to go varsity. Oh, yes. So we were all a little apprehensive, excited at the same time at the beginning um, of this academic year when we were officially told that we're going to go varsity next year. Um, as far as timelines, um, all I know is that come next academic year, we'll be full varsity with hopefully all varsity privileges. Um, I do know that we're still in the works of possibly still trying to keep a club side because one of the biggest things that we love about our legacy is that any woman at any time can come try and like join rugby, no matter what experience you have, no matter what about any sports, no matter what knowledge you have for rugby, you can come join at any time and you can just learn. Um, so we definitely want to keep that. So we're trying to maintain a, another club team. That's going to be an accessory to our varsity team. 
um, just to like maintain like that big sisterhood that we have. I think that's a wonderful idea because it is a great outlet for someone like yourself who was trying to find an outlet for the physical mission element. And uh, yeah, rugby is a great sport and we don't want to close that off to anyone. Well, thank you so much for your time. You've been wonderful. Wish you the best in all of your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Sarah, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask just a couple of more questions about what happens next for you. You know, kind of rapid fire. First of all, I know the rugby season is ongoing, but are you going to have a chance to go on spring break? And if so, where are you going to go? Oh, yes, I will definitely be going on spring break, but I'm just going home back to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, just want to spend some time with my family. But luckily, my roommate's going to be able to come with me. Um, all these past four years, she's wanted to go to Atlanta. So last spring break, I'm going to take her with me. So from Atlanta, Georgia, were you a pretty happy camper here this past October as the Braves brought it home? Oh, yes, I guess. I don't really follow too much professional sports. Um, oh, Sarah. So I kind of was watching from a distance, but it was good to see. <laughs> Lastly, as as I let you go, let me just read a bit more of your bio. You just finished the fall semester where you were the 21st company commander. And again, you were the Navy rugby team captain or co-captain. You're a member of the Golden Key National Honor Society. And you previously served as both the 21st company drill sergeant and the honor sergeant. Uh, You're an honors political science major with a Chinese minor. Um, and your honors research is aimed at evaluating WAGs. Don't don't go unconscious here. Evaluating the overall effectiveness of middle power nations and middle power institutions in mitigating hegemonic competition and conflict between the U.S. and China. Uh, WAGs doesn't even know what half of those words mean. Um, so, they, John, they didn't offer that type of curriculum at the wonderful Towson University. <laughs> Oh, man. So, so Sarah, you know, I, I saw you there on ship selection night. Uh, remind us what ship you picked. Oh, I picked it. Oh, wow. I have my uh, cap with me right now. I picked up the USS Bulkley DDG 84, and it's home ported in Rota, Spain right now. As all right. So you go to spring break, you come back, you're going to beat the hell out of army, you're going to get to commissioning week, and you're going to get commissioned as an ensign. When do you show up at Oxford? When do you start living the Rhodes Scholar dream? Mm, okay, so I'll TAD for most of the summer all the way up till late September. And then we have a little Bon Voyage weekend that all the Rhodes Scholars are going to go to. That's where they send us off to England. So um, late September, we'll leave there. And then the academic term starts in October, I believe. And then for two years, I'll be living the civilian life in England. And then at the end of that two years, that's when you would report to Bulkley and presumably you know, begin your career as a swell. Exactly. Yes. Uh, well, we cannot wait to follow it. I echo what Wag said. Um, you know, not only is your resume impressive, but you know, when, when Murph per- personally vouches for someone as being an amazing human being, you know that they're an amazing human being. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining the podcast. We wish you luck. And uh, here's seeing you in, uh, in May after you beat the hell out of Army uh, in March. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. You have a good day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Sarah Skinner of Navy Women's Rugby and the Rhodes Scholarship. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to take this out and talk about basketball, baseball, and all the other results. This is Second Sports. 
All right, seeing second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. As we mentioned in our first segment, we need everybody's help. Annapolis residents, Naval Academy graduates, friends of the program, and especially midshipmen to come out on Saturday and Sunday to support the Navy men's and women's basketball teams as they play in the Patriot League tournament. On Saturday, the Navy women's basketball team returns to Alumni Hall at 1 p.m. to host Colgate in the first round of the Patriot League tournament. And then on Sunday, as we mentioned, Coach Ed DeCellis and his Navy men's basketball team face off against a difficult Boston University team in the semifinals. The winner of this game will head to the Patriot League final against either Colgate or Lehigh. Tickets for both games, that is the women's game on Saturday and the men's game on Sunday, are available at NavySports.com. Also happening on the yard this weekend, the Navy men's and women's tennis team will host Drexel on Saturday at the Brigade Sports Complex. The women's match begins at 11 a.m. and the men follow at 1 p.m. So come out and support your Navy tennis teams. And finally, Navy football season tickets are on sale. It's never too early to think about the fall and that experience at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Come on out and see the pageantry and excitement of Navy football all season long by purchasing or renewing your season tickets to secure those tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's, it is always so reinforcing for me, and I know, Wags, you felt the same way. Sarah Skinner's just great, and it, again, is such a gift to be able to talk to them. I personally am so envious of Sarah Skinner uh, getting to spend two years at Oxford before she starts her SWO career. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, let's get to some of those other results that we were talking about at the beginning. It's not just Navy basketball around here. It's all of the sports and the importance of the physical mission and Navy women's lacrosse who are now five and one posted a great win up in Philly against number 15 Drexel on Tuesday afternoon. It was the first victory over a ranked opponent since the mids defeated number 16 Duke in 2020. It was a while, a long, long while. Um, and the highest ranked opponent since they beat number 11 Florida, a game I was at, in 2019. So great win. I'll tell you what happens when you don't have two BS yellow cards and get ejected. Uh, <laughs> usually your captain plays pretty well. And Reagan Roloffs did that. She came back from the ridiculous, ridiculous, dangerous shot yellow that had her see, seen off in the last game, a game that we lost against St. Joe's, but she led the team with five points and a team high four goals and an assist. She was joined by kind of the standard names that you've been hearing, Leone, Ryan, Jill Eby, Lindsay Beardmore. Uh, but Wags, you've been talking about the super seniors on this Drexel team. Fantastic win for City Tinchel's ladies. It was an incredible win, John. I mean, I, I'll have to admit that was a surprise to me. Uh, not surprising the Navy would win, but they won relatively handily on Drexel's home field. Uh, last year, Drexel came up here and beat Navy handily. I believe the final was 17-8 to eight in the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Now, Cindy did remind me, because I called and interviewed her and wrote a story, because I was like, you know, this is notable. We got we to gotta get a story out on this, beating that uh, ranked team on, its, on the road. It's a great win. But uh, Cindy did mention that when they played Drexel last year, they, that was right after the long pause that Navy had. So they, they were a little out of sync and uh, rusty, 
But great win. And, John, let's not forget Joe Torres in the goal. Fantastic. After making uh, 14 saves in that St. Joe loss, turned around and made 12 more. She was terrific and really stoned those uh, Drexel shooters. And, uh, you know, just a tremendous performance, real confidence builder. And uh, maybe one week, next week on Thursday, they play Hopkins at home. I'd encourage people to get out and see that. That's another tough non-conference opponent. But if you can beat Drexel and Hopkins back-to-back, that would be a great way to enter the Patriot League yeah, play, it was, John. it was a great win. And this is a very athletic team. And when they get taken out of their game by bad officiating, bad things happen. But again, we teach resiliency here at this leadership laboratory on the banks of the Severn River. And I know that they will rebound from ridiculous stuff like that, just like they did against Drexel. So let's talk about Navy baseball. They were locked in a 6-6 tie entering the top of the ninth out in scenic Fairfax against George Mason when Colin Smith laced a two-out RBI single up the middle. It gave the Navy baseball team, they are 5-2 and two now, a one-run lead. They would not relinquish it in a thrilling 7-6 victory over George Mason. I'll tell you who rakes, like absolutely rakes. Logan Keller. He went two for five. It's his fourth multi-hit effort in seven games this season. Colin Smith had a two-for-four game, including a three-run jack in the sixth inning that led the Navy offense. Alex Smith also homered, and Zach Stevens added his second RBI triple of the season. So big win. Uh, next up for um, for Navy baseball today is against Central Connecticut State. I'm going to try to go out there if I can breathe remotely through my nose. But Wags, you've got to be impressed with the, how the bats have come alive to kind of compensate for the lack of good pitching. A win is a win is a win, right? Well, the bats, we knew they had the bats. I mean, they had eight of nine position players coming back and, you know, several proven bats. You didn't mention Zach Stevens, but... You know, you're going to hear from him. He's the slugger of the of the team. Uh, but Keller, Policelli, Smith, Stevens, they can all hit. Um, so, And you got some other guys like Joe Samorian who get on base to make things happen. But uh, they're in a nice little stretch here, and uh, the pitching will improve. Uh, we saw against Air Force in that series that the pitching is capable. Uh, you know, but they've a lot of times they've had outscore opponents but that's okay however you have to get it done um but uh great win for Dave absolutely and come out to the stadium and it's kind of a gorgeous day in Annapolis today so I would encourage people to come out and support them Wags of course is going to be surfing it up at Ocean City I'll be repping the crew here this weekend um lastly Navy basketball for the women's side they lost to Lehigh 64 to 42 it would have been Jen Coleman and the rest of the seniors last home game. However, they are hosting their Patriot League game this weekend on Saturday um, against Colgate at 1 p.m. But right now, obviously getting into a bad trend again after Donza's breakout effort on the night that they honored the seniors, taking another step back against Lehigh is not the momentum you want going into the weekend. But I'll be there. 1 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday, to cheer on the women against Colgate. And again, just like we're doing with the men's team, please come out there and support these ladies. Jen Coleman is a generational talent, and this might be the last time you get to see her wear a Navy uniform, so please come out and support the squad. As we go out, I told you about baseball. 
Um, squash, good luck this weekend at the College Squash Association individual, individual Championships. We're going to try to talk to one of the squash athletes next week to see how that whole thing went. Over the weekend, let's say good luck to men's tennis playing at NJIT up in scenic Newark, New Jersey. I love trips to Newark in early March. It's beautiful up there. Uh, women's tennis takes on Drexel here at home, 11 a.m. Come out and check them out. Baseball is also in action again on Saturday at 1 p.m. Men's Lax is up at Lehigh uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for a Saturday afternoon tilt against the Mountain Hawks. So good luck to them. And as Wag said, you'll get to see Women's Lax back in action uh, when they welcome Hopkins. Wags, as we go out, what else should we be looking for in the Annapolis Capitol from you? And what are your overall thoughts? Well, I've got my man, David Osiello, covering the women's basketball game on Saturday, and he'll be on it. And then I'll be back in town Sunday to cover the big Patriot League semifinal. And uh, hopefully Navy can advance. Would love to see them in the Patriot League championship. And you're right. Lehigh is a good team. They could take out Colgate. Yeah. Looking forward to another great week of Navy sports. Um, I do implore for the last time, sorry we're broken record, Get out and support both maybe men's and women's basketball in the Patriot League tournament this weekend. You know, and Chris Ravello and I were talking about this. Really, really hope that this team makes it exciting and gets to the Patriot League title game. It would be ideal if Lehigh upset Colgate so we could host that game. I think it would be absolutely electric. And uh, finally, as we go out, I would really just like to send out our thoughts to the family of Stanford goalkeeper Katie Meyer. Um, if you did not hear two days ago, uh, the captain of that Stanford squad uh, was found dead on campus. Um, it's just an absolutely horrible story. Um, the initial indications are that it was a death by suicide. And again, let us use this as our pulpit, as our voice box to say, please look out for the health of your young people, particularly athletes who are under so much pressure. We try at this podcast to highlight what kind of an iron shaping iron type of approach is with athletics balanced on top of academics. We believe that it makes leaders of character and consequence at the U.S. Naval Academy. But that pressure, and you've heard John Carter Jr. in the past talk about his, um, his struggles and his journey with mental health. Obviously, Katie Meyer lost that struggle, and we take a moment. And, and remember her and remember that these young people need the help of parents, administrators, and coaches. We know that the athletes at the U.S. Naval Academy have access to the very best of it. But for now, fair winds, following seas, and Katie Meyer, we will miss you so much. I am John Schofield for Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello and we're Carol. This is Sing Second Sports. We're out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.